Welcome to Stack of Stats. I am your host, Pamela Maldonado, bringing you all the analytics behind the ADP Wimbledon bets, because that's what's going on. Today, I do have a two-part series chatting first with Gil Gross of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network and host of the Monday Match Analysis. He will be joining me to break down Roger Federer, see where what lies for his future, what is in store for one of the greatest players of all time is retirement on the horizon. I'll get some perspective from him. And then Drew Dinsick, he'll be joining me, Well Capper on Twitter. He's, he's going to join me to break down some of the semifinals of the men's Wimbledon draw and maybe even talk some WTA predictions. But first up, I do have Gil. Gil, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Any surprises for you coming out of Wimbledon up until now? Thanks for having me, Pamela. Well, um, I guess the, you know, Hubie Hercotch making the semifinal after going on, I believe it was a six match losing streak was a bit of a surprise, although he does have a good game for grass. And I think people knew that, but just kind of wrote him off because of his form coming in. Uh, that's a surprise. And then I feel like Shapovalov, another first time semifinalist, but you kind of knew that that quarter was wide open. So right. not a, not a total shock. Someone predicted that. Um, so I don't know. I think I was one of those people. I thought Shapovalov would be the one. There we go. We both got one. it. He would be the there one that would get on through. I thought Agut may have given a little bit more of a fight in his part of the draw, but I thought Shapovalov, he's the, he's the best player out of that quarter. And then here he comes. So it's no surprise to either one of us, but I do want to talk instead a little bit about Roger Federer, 20 time grand slam winner, eight time Wimbledon winner out in the corner final, as you just mentioned, losing to Poland's Hubert Hercatch, Hubie in straight sets. I cannot say that I was entirely shocked. I actually did think of, I liked from a betting perspective, I liked her catch taking the plus two and a half sets. I liked him at plus one and a half sets, and I just couldn't find it in me to take the money line. There are some matches where I just want to watch as a fan and others that I feel comfortable laying money on, and I couldn't do it. I could not lay money against Roger Federer because I was hoping secretly, not so secretly wishing that he would come on through. But I know that there were a few of us who did expect this. I'm not sure if you did, but... The last time that Federer lost in straight sets in at Wimbledon was in 2002. The last time the Federer lost 6-0 and at Wimbledon in a set, never. It was Hubert Hercatch. He was the first player to ever bagel Federer in London. What do you think happened in that match? I mean, it all comes down to movement with with Rogers game and if if the feet aren't working nothing's really going to work it's pretty much mm -hmm. true for any tennis player um i thought his his serve looked underpowered and kind of has looked underpowered really for the entirety of 2021 since coming back from the knee surgery so that was a pattern you saw his aces were lower his serve mm -hmm. speeds were a tad lower but in the previous two rounds against Nori and Sonigo, even though he wasn't serving aces, he was serving unreturnables. He was getting service winners. So it kind of mm -hmm. flew under the radar, at least for me as an analyst, that I kind of said, okay, ace count is low, serve still working well enough. But, uh, you know, Hercotch proved to be just a step up in returning and the serve wasn't working. The forehand wasn't good. The, the net coverage, the way he was moving at the net looked belabored. And then then the decision-making was just kind of off, yeah. letting a ball go over his head in the first set that ended up landing in. He could have volleyed it. He let it go. He, get, he, get, he, get, uh, he gets broken in that game. And then in the tie break, a couple of 
decisions he made from winning decisions in the second set tie break, like a passing shot from point blank that he just massaged down the line instead of just hammering at Hercotch. A couple of those things that he just got wrong in his head and it was all mm-hmm. just resulted in uh, a really straightforward win for Hercotch, who's been playing great. You're talking about Federer's decision-making and how Federer had let that ball go overhead. The commentators, it's almost as if they were trying to help him with an excuse of, oh, well, maybe it was the wind. I think it was just he misjudged it entirely, and it's some of that decision-making. Maybe it's some of that confidence that was lost. This wasn't the first match that we have seen him lose his confidence. It has actually been almost all of 2021, where he looks fantastic, as he did against Cam Nori, against Sonego, but then he just all of a sudden falters under and you're kind of also wondering, okay, well maybe he's somebody like Nadal. We saw him blip. Well, now we're seeing Federer blip, just something mentally. They were the strongest players, mental mindsets in the game. That's why they're number one, number two, number three in all of tennis. And then all of a sudden we're starting to see them break a little. They're starting to bend and now they're starting to break. After that match, we did see Federer just entirely jet off the court. I do think that if we were near the end, of his career, then potentially Federer would have hung around. Maybe he would have given some type of speech. We would have set kind of uh, the demeanor that we would have had would have been a little bit more somber, but instead he walked immediately out. He grabbed his bag and he took off (laughs) to me. That says that he's going to be back, that this isn't over yet. And you yourself, you did tweet that you see very little reason to believe that we won't see Federer at Wimbledon again. But however, he then said in a conference interview that on playing again, I don't know. I really don't know. So, of course, I'm paraphrasing here. He needed to talk with his team. He needed to see what worked in this match, in this tournament, what didn't. Um, He wanted to take a few days to really just kind of lay everything out on the table. He didn't want to feel pressure to decide anything and that he wasn't uh, that he was actually pretty happy with the way that he played. He was happy with this movement. He was happy with this with the skill set. Do you feel the same now, seeing him about seeing him play again, or did the interview change your mind? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think he's he's gonna say I don't know because I think he respects the unknown and the prospect that you know if there could be another injury, for example. So you know if he said. See, uh, see in 2022 Wimbledon, you know, you're basically discounting the idea that something could go, God forbid, very wrong. And, uh, it could, it could, you know, you just can't at that age, I think he's taking nothing for granted, but I also just don't envision. And that's a, you know, a good observation. And I agree with you about how he acted after the match. Uh, there's just very little indication that Federer is in a dark and hopeless lit hopeless enough place that he is going to you know consider calling it a career at this point uh you know right. a tennis player's confidence is uh, in terms of a long-term confidence or a tennis player's belief i'm going to say in mm-hmm. some ways it's very fickle like we talked about how it was kind of gone against Hercotch in the match but in other ways, it's very dynamite. And it's going to take a lot to convince Roger Federer that mm-hmm. he doesn't have it anymore, way more than losing to Hercotch in the quarterfinal of Wimbledon. 
Right. What I did like about his uh, interview, though, was that he did say that even a year after injury, that he himself didn't feel like he had any setbacks, that he's still kind of trucking along. He's doing well. He's doing his thing. But that things were clearly missing from his game. So that's why I have you here, because I want to know what do you see that is missing from your game? I really do love your match analysis that you have on YouTube. I learned my, from I learned from them myself. Um, I, so I really want your perspective on Federer's return from injury. Looking at 2021. He's nine and four. People are over here freaking out that Roger Federer, he's washed up, will go into retirement. He's nine and four. He's actually played some really great players. Some of the players that he has defeated, he beat Dan Evans, Marin Cilic, Dominic Kofer, which was a fantastic, one of the best matches that I've seen from him over the last few years. You have Ilya Vashka and then a great, some uh, just a great group of players that he defeated at Wimbledon. He took uh, Adrian Monterino, which we almost saw him lose out in the first round, which he's never done before. Richard Gasquet, Cam Nori, and then, of course, Lorenzo Sonego. Some of the players that he's lost to, Basilashvili, Pablo Andujar. He withdrew before we ever got to watch him uh, play against Berrettini. And then he lost to Felix Ajira Lissimi, and then, of course, Hubi. But what are some of your thoughts on Federer? What are some of the things in 2021 that he has done well? Sure. Well, first of all, he's had some tough, unseated players that he's had to face it's especially with how they performed afterwards with Pasilashvili going on to win Doha and then Anduhar making a real run in Geneva and mm-hmm. um even Avashka is on a tear uh, so he he beat him but it was close and people were like why is it so close and then you know turns out Avashka's doing great so that's been interesting what is he doing well i guess the the repertoire that he brings to the court and some of the the genius of how he moves the ball around the court and the wide array of shots that he brings to the game kind of the thing that that people i think are are so kind of allured by when it comes to watching him play uh, that is still all there and there are magical moments where federer is pulling off shots that you you rarely see anyone else attempt forget making it just attempting it um and the down the line backhands they're so mm-hmm. such when he when it clicks it is a beautiful and it's old school Federer that we used to see so like you said it's ma- it's moments of magic it's just not consistent right, right now exactly um you know i think there have been matches where his movement has been good and and that's again like that's the kind of that's really what brings everything together and that's the real concern coming off a of knee surgery is, is your movement n- never going to be the same? So the key, what has he done well is, well, it seems like he can still be a decent mover on the tour, not what he used to be, but there have been matches where he's flying around the court and looking good. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing. Right. And then I agree with that as well, because you're seeing him come up into the net when somebody is drop shotting him. He's able to get to the ball. He look and he doesn't really look tired afterward. So his ability, his movement is still there. He's about to be 40. However, I'm going to say what he hasn't done well is his timing. His timing is off. And that just takes, I believe, some just like more reps. How much more reps does he need? I'm not entirely sure. But looking at what's missing from his game, he says that something is missing. I'm saying that it's timing. What do you think? I don't think the serve has done him any favors in his losses. If you isolate, right. okay, you know, you lose to, even if I go back to Basilishvili was the first time, he's a guy who takes massive cuts on the return, basically tries to take control of the point right off the return. He was doing it 
successfully. But that was a long time ago. The knee wasn't right. Even if we fast forward, Marin Cilic at the French Open, similar kind of player. Federer beats him, but it gets very difficult with how well Cilic in that, I believe it was the second set, was almost mm -hmm. bullying the serve. And then here, Hercoc, he's punishing the Federer serve in a way that Federer's serve should be the bully, not the bullied. Right. And, and that's a big problem I, for Roger, especially the 2.0 or 3.0 version of Roger at 39 years old, where he needs to keep the points short. He needs to be in mm -hmm. control of the points. So if the, if the serve isn't working, it's really going to be an uphill battle, especially against the, the kind of the top 20 level players. That's the main thing I'd pinpoint in terms of the timing. I, I think it's a consistency, a consistency thing. It's been in and out and in and out. And that's not great either. Right. And I agree with that as well. I mean, I mean, I love everything you said about the serve. That's exactly right. And we saw it with we've seen it with the players when Nadal, when he has lost on clay, it was because his serve was off. He would have a few double faults with Nick Kyrgios, who hasn't also played that much. He, he said it himself. I don't have my serve. I can't play continue in this match against Felix because all I have is my serve and now I'm unable to serve because of my injury. Well, then what am I going to be playing here for? It all starts with that. It starts first shot of the match of the, any game, any point. And yeah, if you lose that, then you're probably going to lose the rest of your game. But Wimbledon is now over. So do we see Federer play in Tokyo Olympics? Uh, it's going to be so interesting. My, my gut is no. I, I don't think it's an attractive move for a ton of tennis players. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, you're 39, you have a family, you're mm -hmm. trying to take care of your body and you're training and prepare that's Federer's circumstance. You see players who are young, young. Uh, don't have families, and they're skipping the Olympics. So right. uh, if I were to guess, no. Um, and I mean, I just I just don't. I, I think he really needs to focus on continuing to build up his body and to work on his game and to continue to, to enjoy the game, because that's, that's really when you know that he will be done is if he's, if he's on the court and he's dreading it because he's, he's suffering with his level to, to that extent. And I don't think we're there yet. I, I think he's really enjoying the process of trying to get better and trying to get to the, the level that he wants to. No, and I agree with that as well, which means we could see him instead of the Tokyo Olympics. We could see him at the U.S. Open. He does have five U.S. Open titles. However, the last time that he won in New York was in 2008, where he won. It was That was the fifth year that he won straight. He hasn't been doing well in the last years. 2019, he lost in the quarterfinal to Grigor Dimitrov in five. 2018, he lost in the round of 16 to John Millman in four. 2017, he lost to one Martin Del Potro, which I hope we also see really back soon in the quarterfinal in four. So his last good run was a loss to Djokovic in the final in four sets. He doesn't excel at the U.S. Open. So when do you think that we're going to see Federer next if he does decide to continue? Maybe he'll uh, he'll play in DC and and we'll find and uh, he'll take on Nadal for the for the city open <laughs> title. No, I'm just joking. Um, if I, you know, I, hmm. the interesting decision for him over the summer, I think, is going to be: Do you play Canada and uh, Cincinnati, or do you choose one? And that'll tell us a lot, I think. Then you know that that'll be an interesting decision for Federer. Um, of course. We, we expect to see him at the U.S. Open. Uh, it is not, as you've outlined, it's 
it's been a struggle for him there. I think mm-hmm. the the court is a lot slower than Australia. Uh, the fact that it's been at the end of the calendar year means that sometimes he's shown up to New York banged up. Uh, the humidity and the the heat, especially in Arthur Ashe, once they put in the roof, that's been really difficult for him because it's been, you know, in a match like Millman, it, the, the conditions were just brutal for him. All of these things have kind of made it a difficult place for him to win. But I'd be interested to see, well, what can a, what can a well-rested Federer do at U.S. Open, uh, at the U.S. Open? I think at, at this point, the draws need to be good. The weather needs to be right. Um, you know, things need to go a certain way to give Federer a chance. It's, it's hard to see him making a run if a lot of things are working against him. One thing that a lot of people are, are making the argument of is that Federer, even if he does continue, yes, he's going to win matches, but it doesn't mean that he's going to win tournaments. Do you think if he continues on that there is a win of a tournament in the future? I think he, he I don't think he's won his last title. If I were to guess, um, I think he's got, he's got some titles in him. It's just, what are the magnitude of those titles. Um, and you know, in terms of winning a major, the one thing I will say is, you know, it doesn't, it's not far fetched to me that he can be better in 2022 than he was in 2021. And Mm -hmm. I know the age makes that sound like a crazy thing, but if you look at the circumstances of being out with a knee surgery for literally a year and a half, like a crazy recovery time. It would make sense that, okay, first, I'd say first quarter, if we're going to talk like business people, first quarter back, it's not going to be your best quarter. You know, right. you, you should you should have a, a better time as you start to build up some momentum. At, at a certain point, yes, it will be a permanent downhill. Uh, but I'm not convinced that that permanent downhill is right now. I think right now, it's still uphill for Federer coming back right. from from the surgery. So that's the positive, I think, for for Roger's outlook. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with exactly what you were outlining earlier, which is he needs to make the adjustments of ending these points quick. He needs to avoid the wear and tear on his body on the courts, put less miles, come in, serve volley into the net, drop shot, do what you got to do to finish the point quick. Because these players, we have seen a transition since the pandemic. These players, they are all getting really good. And it's like, it's no longer, there's a reason why we're no longer seeing Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic just absolutely dominate because everybody else, they are still at peak but everybody else is starting to kind of catch up a little bit. So now he's having to make the adjustments. The good thing about the guys who are in the top three is that they have the ability to make the adjustments. They know the adjustments that they have to make, and then they actually have the ability to go out and execute. So Federer is definitely one of those players that can go ahead and do that, of course. So I'm just really looking forward to, I hope that we continue seeing him. Fanship aside, what do you wish to see for Federer? What do I wish? Good question. Um, I hope that that we get a uh, just a, a fulfilling end to his tennis career. I hope I hope it's not an injury, um, and that's kind of yeah. I hope it's not an injury, and and I, I hope it's not too bad in terms of uh, how how he goes out. I hope he goes out um, in in good spirits and not a, a broken 
uh, tennis player, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah. you know, uh, that's, that's kind of, I think he'll be able to do that. I'm I'm hopeful that Federer can go out on his own terms. Uh, I think he hopes to do that too. Ultimately, like skills don't vanish. Uh, right. Bodies betray, right? It, he's going to yeah. be a little slower. He might be more inconsistent, but he is going to be the most, the more talented player than the person on the other side of the net in, mm-hmm. you know, still in 99% of his matches. So yeah. I really think that that his abilities will will carry him to uh, a good final couple years on tour or final year on tour. Who knows? So what you're saying is don't overreact to him losing to a very fantastic, great player whose skill set matches that of grass court tennis and instead just sit back, let him develop because that's what's going to happen. He's going to get back into form you have to climb that mountain again. You don't just like go straight to the peak. And that's what's happening with Federer. Right. So. There should still be hope that Federer <laughs> is going to be better in six months time. If he's the same, you know, then that's can worry. right. Exactly. And, and we've seen what that's going to look like. He can mm-hmm. still beat some players, but right. he's going to hit a wall at the end of tournaments when the competition gets, gets great, which by the way, it's not the craziest, most awful thing in the world. He was exactly. one of the last eight players left at Wimbledon. Exactly. He's continuously getting deeper into tournaments and people are shocked that he lost in the quarterfinals instead of saying it and Hey, he made it to the quarterfinals <laughs> comfortably. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say pre- after Monterino, it was a pretty comfortable route after I do want to get your opinion on tomorrow's matches though. If we are talking about Huber Hercatch, what do you think about the semifinals for tomorrow between Huber Hercatch and Berrettini? Uh, I, I really like Hercatch, um, yeah. who I know, is a he is a, a betting underdog there, but uh, I like his chances a lot, um, just because of the way he the, the number of returns that I expect mm-hmm. him to make and just how much how much better I think we saw Felix start to do that. I think Hercotch is even a, a better returner than Felix. Right. Uh, if if you can just make those returns and get into rallies with Berrettini, uh, Hercotch will be the the steadier, more consistent player. I love the way he's putting pressure on his opponents by taking time away, hitting high percentage approach shots and getting to the net. And Hercotch can match Berrettini with the serve. So I think it'll come down to two things. Who can play less loose service games and who can make win those key return points in yeah. tie breaks. And I, I like Hercotch to, to do that better than Berrettini. His demeanor has been really great. When you saw him against Federer, the moment never got too big for him. He just kept on riding along as if it was just another match. So I really do mm-hmm. like that that mental uh, aspect that he is able to bring into the match as well. Um, but I do definitely thank you for joining me to talk a little bit about tennis. I'm Roger Federer. You have given me some hope and something to look forward to because I'm hoping to get tickets for the U.S. Open. So maybe instead I'll be looking at getting tickets for round one and two and maybe avoid getting <laughs> the quarterfinals or later. Um, where, can you tell us the folks where they can find your work? Uh, sure. Um, the podcast is called Monday Match Analysis and also another one called Three, a tennis show which focuses solely on Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. On YouTube, the channel is called Gil Gross, Gil with two L's, um, and and all, all the Monday Match Analysis stuff also goes up on uh, on that YouTube channel. And if you come to the U.S. Open, make sure you let me know because uh, I'll be there as well. 
<laughs> Wonderful. Do make sure you do follow Gil on Twitter at Gil underscore gross. And thank you for joining me for this. I really have really loved it that you're able to provide. So we'll chat soon. Thanks, Pamela. This was fun.